This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. QL Daily presented as always by Fan Dual Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday as we look forward to the division around weekend in the NFL. What I always think is the best weekend of football all year. Joining us on the Roman Guest Line to talk about that, Ed Egros of FanDuel, more ways to win, and of course, Bally Sports West. Ed, um, how about that this weekend and kind of what we, before we get to the, the, the four individual games, just what it set up. Because last week was a big week for the favorites and blowouts, and it wasn't really that exciting of, of football, at least in, in most of the games. And this week, it feels like, and the numbers are telling us with the lines, that we're probably going to get closer games, more competitive games, and um, and maybe even a weekend for dogs. It feels like it's kind of ebbs and flows now in this postseason. Yeah, it really does. And if I can take a step back in terms of looking at uh, a macroscopic view of things, I think it's interesting that a lot of people came out and said, well, do we really need seven seeds in the playoffs? You know, they were all blowout games. Like, it really doesn't matter, et cetera. Well, if you look at it, just look at last year. A lot of the games were really exciting. And then we started to see, you know, things start to filter out. So just because last weekend's wild card shows that, okay, we have a bunch of blowouts and, you know, it's a top-heavy league, that doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. And... I feel like that what the market is trying to do to us for this weekend is to say, okay, well, now we really know who's good, and now you need to go ahead and bet on the favorites. But I think for the most part, if you look historically at the NFL, whenever there's been a bad wild card weekend, it's usually been followed up with a great divisional round. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm expecting. And, you know, let's let's take the, the 49ers and Packers, for instance. Yeah, it's a six-point spread, and, and yeah, you can make a case for the Packers here. But I also believe that the 49ers are there for a reason. And there are some things that they can overcome as far as key deficiencies to where just the idea of six points feels like a lot to me. And even in some of the other games, that includes, say, a hook. I can make the argument that it's too big in large part because of this idea that these these games are all going to be really tight. Yeah, I think history agrees with you as well. It looks like we're going to have the lowest combined point spread in divisional round history. So we should be set up for some great football on Saturday and Sunday. A lot of injuries we're talking about this week. And the quarterback is always on another level, even if it is the worst quarterback alive or near the bottom uh, in Jimmy Garoppolo. We're not quite sure what's going to happen there or if he's going to be 100%. If we remove him from the conversation, 
which injuries do you think could be the most impactful? We've got the Cincinnati defensive line. You have Bosa for San Francisco. We have the players that have missed months and months for Green Bay apparently coming back. And the Tampa Bay offensive line, possibly a cluster situation. So there are two things I would look at. One, you, you mentioned yourself, Tampa Bay's offensive line, I think is a big deal here. Now, I firmly believe that the reason why Kyler Murray struggled against the Rams was because of Kyler Murray. I think it had less to do with what the Rams' pressure was generating and more to do with Kyler Murray having the worst game of his life. And I can say this. I covered him back in Texas high school football when he was at Allen being you know, the greatest player I'd ever seen. And that was the worst game he's ever played in his life. So <laughs> that's that to me is, is indicative of just like how well the Rams looked in that situation. But I, I also think, yes, the, 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 uh, the shuffling that you will have to do with Tampa Bay's offensive line, I think is significant here. I still believe in Tom Brady. I still believe that, you know, he can throw it away, go through his progressions, things like that. But I do have some concerns there. The other thing too, that I think is interesting. And normally I am part of the running backs don't matter campaign. That's the ticket that I campaign on and ask people to vote for. But I also think it's interesting that when Derrick Henry is on the field, the Titans are more comfortable running play action. Ryan Tannehill seems to do more things, and there's a natural comfort there. It shouldn't be the case. But also the Titans are not the most analytically driven team in the NFL anyway. And so I think Derrick Henry's presence, assuming he's there, assuming he has a, a decent workload, I think that is significant, not so much because of the rushing yards they'll have, but that and the combination of the health at wide receiver for the Titans makes me a little bit more comfortable that they're not going to get upset outright. Shout out to Allen, Texas. I love it. You're on Go the Eagles, today. baby. <laughs> Um, I used to cover high school football in Dallas too. So that was cool to hear from you. Um, I'm curious your thoughts because we saw the favorites do very well. This is going to be one of the best weekends of football that we will see. Which dogs are you on? Cause I know you like some dogs this weekend. Yeah, I do. And I, I would start with the Bengals here. I think the hook is, is kind of the key deal. And not that I expect the Titans to win outright, but I think three and a half is more than okay. For, for Cincinnati. I think part of the deal in a game like this is I think both teams will be invited to run the ball a good bit more, whether it's the conditions being a little bit colder uh, or the fact that the Titans have Derrick Henry in all likelihood. And so they're naturally going to call more run plays. That's part of it. But I think we also forget that, yeah, you think of Cincinnati and you think of Jamar Chase with multiple touchdowns or Joe Burrow's 500-yard performance or whatever it is. Well, They've had slower starts and you know more anemic offensive performances as of late against the 49ers, against the Chargers, I believe. So it is possible for the Bengals to slow themselves down. And this may very well be one of those contests where they look at the Titans secondary, which has been outstanding, by the way, and they say, you know what, I think we're going to be a better team when we when we keep it on the ground. And Zach Taylor, you know, not not necessarily the most prolific passing play caller out there but I do believe that they will try and run a little bit more and kind of keep this game uh relatively quick and so because of that no team's really going to be you know blowing the other out per se uh it'll be relatively close and so I think with the hook I'm comfortable with the Bengals uh at three and a half let's go to Saturday night Ed here six points is the number it's interesting 
kind of wondering why this line moved the way it did. Four and a half points earlier in the week, now to six. I'm wondering, maybe it's Jimmy G. Maybe he's not going to play. Well, he practiced yesterday. It sounds like he's probably going to be okay. What do you make of it? Why do you think, other than money coming in, what is... What do you think people are seeing in this game that's making them and making some money come in on the Packers? Is it the rest versus the three straight road games to the Niners? Is it the matchup? Because a lot of matchup points do actually point to the Niners keeping this thing close. Absolutely. And I think it also points to being a really high-scoring game. And I don't know if it's going to be the most high-scoring game of the bunch, but you can make an argument for it. And I would not besmirch you if you think that's going to be the case. Part of it is that if you look at the Packers defense, I mean, look at what happened in the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. Basically, the, the Packers admitted to everyone in the world that, you know, they aren't really trying to stop the run. They're trying to stop the pass. And so Kyle Shanahan saw that and said, all right, we'll run the ball. And guess what? It worked. That dynamic is still in play here. Maybe it's not so obvious but I don't know in a couple of years' time if all of a sudden you can retool your entire defense to, to be much better as far as the screen game, RPOs, all that stuff. But I do believe that the key to the 49ers is keeping things on the ground. It, you know, They are outstanding, eighth best in terms of rushing yards over expected per carry. The Jimmy G injuries really don't bother me very much because he's not really throwing it that deep anyway. Yeah, he's got some great EPA numbers this season, and he has been playing well, no doubt about it, when he is healthy. But the, the offense, I don't think, has changed significantly. It's just a couple of different tools and a couple of different wrinkles here and there. Debo Samuel doing different things with him. And I do believe that this offense and that Kyle Shanahan will come up with the most creative of play calls because he knows the stakes in a game like this. I do think that he can keep up. And I do think this is going to be a back and forth kind of affair. And look, back and forth tend to, to be tighter games, right? And so six to me is just naturally too much of a spread as far as that's concerned. And Aaron Rodgers is also outstanding in terms of finding those secondary tertiary receivers. And this is a defense, the 49ers, that probably give up a few too many wide open targets. So Devontae Adams, you know, may go off, but I could also see a second or third guy go off as well. Sunday night, Bill's Chiefs. They've been waiting for this moment. Every move they've made for Buffalo, <laughs> it, they were thinking it was going to be the AFC Championship, but but instead it's the AFC Divisional Round. They'll take it, uh, going a, up against the Chiefs, and they're coming off a game with seven touchdown drives, with 10 yards per play on first down. They pitched a perfect game. Can they back it up and take down Mahomes and Reed at Arrowhead? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can you pitch two perfect games in a row? Do we have our baseball reference site to figure out the the last guy to do that? But do, do you that? have to? A, do you have uh, to? 
in a, not necessarily have to. I mean, it's it's funny because I, I'm so tempted to take the overs in nearly every game this weekend because of the, the prolific offenses and the quarterbacks and all that stuff. But this may be one where I'm really hesitant and may not actually bet it in large part because the number is so big. A 27-26 game is an under, even though we're seeing a lot of offense there. This, to me, is a game where, yeah, Josh Allen has been great. The, the receiving core has been deep. But Devin Singletary has been pretty good, too. And I would not be surprised if uh, he, he has sort of a solid game where things are being played back defensively for Kansas City. And so it becomes sort of a Devin Singletary and Josh Allen uh, uh, kind of dual threat ground attack. I would not be surprised if that happens to where, yeah, the Bills are still quite efficient in terms of scoring per drive. But it's also a faster paced game than perhaps we are expecting. So I would not be surprised if the Bills keep it on the ground and try and sort of lower the volatility a little bit. But as for the Chiefs, yeah, Pat Mahomes is unbelievable. All that stuff is fine. But I still am not convinced that the Byron Pringles of the world are the ones who can actually carry the team if Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are are pretty much bracketed off. So this feels like everything is relatively sharp. I like the idea of a Bills upset here outright because I think that the ceiling for Buffalo is a little bit higher. Josh Allen has been playing better than Pat Mahomes when you look at non-pressure rates. But regardless, I will not be doing anything else Sunday night. Yeah. I'm curious your thoughts, Ed. Um, if you go to FanDuel, divisional specials, most passing yards is a market. And then there's also most receiving yards. Any thoughts on either of those? Yeah, definitely. I almost feel like that because we are probably going to see a lot of high-scoring games that I want to take a quarterback who is going to lose because they will have to pass a lot to keep up. So it may be someone with 350 yards and a couple of picks, 400 yards and three picks, whatever it is. And I really like Matthew Stafford in this market, mm. in large part because we've seen what Cooper Cup can do in terms of getting you know 150, 175 receiving yards, it seems like, by himself. I think that's part of it. And also, too, reputationally, what does Tampa Bay love to do defensively? It's stop the run. How much do they really trust Cam Akers and Sonny Michelle when the play action game is there? I think they may try and set something up to try and you know make it seem that way, which obviously what play action is all about. But I do think that to keep up with Tom Brady and his magic that Matt Stafford will have to throw early and often, also showcase Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson and guys like that. So I like Matt Stafford as sort of an underdog pick uh, or sort of a dark horse pick here because he will have to keep up and it might very well be the highest scoring game of the weekend. That's what I'm projecting at least. But then as far as uh, receiving is concerned, I'm probably more comfortable with Devontae Adams with anybody else in large part because you look at the Packers passing attack, that, that second, third guy may be reliable because Aaron Rodgers finds him, but who actually has to generate offense in tar as far as yards after catch, being open, working one-on-one -on -one situations, it's Devontae Adams. Let's circle back. Eddie Gross Fandle joining us here to that Rams-Bucks game. You mentioned the Stafford market and, and the passing yards maybe in, when they're down on the game. We, they played once this year. How, how much do you factor in? We have three rematches this weekend. Uh, the only one that is not is Cincinnati, Tennessee. Everyone else has played already this year. How much do you factor in what we saw the first time? Now, some of these were earlier in the season, but boy, Tampa went out to Los Angeles. It was their first loss of the year and they got smacked. I mean, Stafford had four touchdowns, no picks. It was it was pretty lopsided. How much do you factor what you saw the first time in a second matchup now in the playoffs? 
That's a good question because I do to an extent. Now, I still think that the Bucks can cover the three, and so that may be the one place where I'm kind of deviating. But I do believe that previous matchups are probably as indicative as anything as far as trying to find historical data to determine how things are going to look going forward. Familiarity is one of those things where like look at division games for instance these guys are very familiar with each other and what tends to happen is that scoring gets lowered and the games get a good bit tighter I do believe that if say one team blew out another in a previous matchup that that's probably going to happen again now you do need to look for turnovers that matters a good bit and so when you look at Rams and Bucks that was a clean game by both offenses no interceptions no fumbles things like that and so can you expect that to happen again maybe not but it does give you a much clearer view as far as what the overall strengths are for both teams. And it's why I don't necessarily look at Rams-Bucks as, okay, well, the Rams won in L.A., so then they should be able to win that game again. But what I did see was a high-scoring game. And so that I am expecting to happen once again and probably why I think it will be the highest-scoring game of the weekend. Uh, we have about 30 seconds. What, what's your gut tell you? Now, we don't have the results yet, but if Tennessee marches on, how much of a home underdog will they be in the AFC Championship? Oh boy. Well, part of it will depend on who they're playing, um, yeah. and and you know, part of that in terms of style. I think the Bills might be able to pull up, pull that off, but in a very tight game. Uh, you know, I think Bills minus two and a half might be my alternate spread as far as yeah. how I look at that contest. And so, assuming that's right, and the Bills win by three, I would say that the Titans are probably like a one and a half point dog, and I'm probably comfortable with about where that is in large part because Derrick Henry will have had another week to get to get you yep. know healthy enough. Ryan Tannehill better play action, things like that. Give Great stuff. Ed, Ed <laughs> Egros on the Roman guest line joining us there on the other side. Trend or truth? We'll dive into that on Beck UL Daily presented as always by Fan Duel Sportsbook. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.